Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the sanitation podcast. My name's Pete and I'll be your host. It's hard to believe, but it's exactly one year since I launched Get Flushed. I'd been listening to podcasts for a number of years and I'd always thought it would be fun to create one of my own. We'd been in lockdown and I'd been thinking about different ways to keep busy when I saw an advert for a podcast competition held by Rode Microphones in Australia. The blurb for the competition said, Have you got an idea for a podcast? Submit a one or two minute mini episode to my Roadcast for a chance to win one of more than 100 podcasting prize packs. I love a good competition, so I sat down and I wrote, recorded and uploaded my entry. This is what I produced. Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, the portable sanitation podcast. My name's Pete and I'll be your host. Over the course of this series, we're going to take an in-depth look at the world of portable sanitation. Yes, it's about how we deal with poos and wees in the absence of a plumbed-in sewerage system. I've worked in that industry and I've learned that everyone can recognise a portable toilet, but not many people understand or know how the industry works. Whenever I tell people what I do, they usually say, Oh, I never use portable toilets, they stink. And that initial reaction was the main reason why I wanted to produce this podcast. Let's be honest, we've all opened the door on an overflowing portaloo and seen terrible things inside. And we've all decided we'll hold on till we get home. My experiences, though, have taught me that it doesn't have to be like that. A properly cleaned and well-maintained portable toilet can be a relief, if not a pleasure to use. Over the course of the series, we'll look at how operators make sure the right person is in the right truck taking the right toilet to the right place at the right time and how they continue to keep it clean once it's been delivered. We're going to analyse the market and think about different products and how they're deployed to best meet customers' needs. That includes some of the new and emerging technologies that are being developed by operators around the world. We'll have regular guests including drivers and operators who work on the front line of portable sanitation protecting public health. So, please click the link and subscribe to make sure you join us for episode one to follow. Although I didn't win any of the major prizes, I did receive a road baseball cap because I submitted one of the first 1,000 entries. And the competition gave me an opportunity to start the show, which I have to say has gone from strength to strength. I've interviewed some great people and I've really enjoyed producing each episode. Over the past year, I've released 46 full episodes and half a dozen trailers, and I've really learnt how to use my recording equipment and the editing tools. None of that would have been possible without the support of my sponsors and patrons, the companies that have commissioned me to produce specific episodes, and of course you, the listeners. I'd like to thank everyone for their support, and I hope that you all continue to enjoy the show. I'll enter the competition again this year, but probably not with a podcast about toilets. And if you'd like to have a go, why not give it a try? You may stumble onto something big. You can record your podcast using just a phone. The Road Reporter app works really well on Android or iOS. And there are plenty of free tools that will let you edit your final entry. Visit myroadcast.com for more information. In last week's show, I turned my focus towards strategy and I looked at some of the elements that are typically used to set the high-level strategic direction of a business organisation. I want to continue that theme this week by looking at how elements such as vision and mission can be brought to life and put into action. That might seem easy in an owner-operated company or one where the staff are mainly drawn from family members or close friends. Things typically get a little harder when you employ staff and harder still if you use temporary or casual labour or even seasonal workers. 
I want to think about some of the tools and techniques that you can use to set and maintain the right direction. In other words, how do you make sure that everyone on the team talks the talk and walks the walk? I read one blog recently that said the key to success is to build systems and processes in your business that are bigger than individual staff. Now, I don't disagree with that, especially if you want every customer to receive the same level of service, regardless of which team member they see or which branch deals with them. And that's exactly how the big fast food chains make sure that your burger and fries are more or less identical in every one of their franchised restaurants all around the world. The author of that particular blog argued that these systems and processes are essential because good staff are hard to find and that very few people have the aptitude, attitude or ability to live up to high level expectations. While that might sound a little bit cynical, I actually empathise with the point of view. At the same time, I've also worked with and I know a lot of really good people who are reliable and are able to follow processes. Those people aren't a special breed of superhero, but they do get it. And I have to say, I've also seen a lot of those good people leave companies because they're frustrated by their lack of clear and fair direction and control. In a lot of those cases, people left because they had a manager who really wasn't up to the job. Even with great systems, a terrible boss can easily ruin what should be a great place to work. How? Well, it's usually because their behaviour is overbearing. Micromanagers and bullies are the worst for me. People like that create tension in the workplace, and without a confident manager to keep them in check, they can really sour the environment for everyone. So how do successful managers create the right environment that allows staff to prosper while achieving the company's vision and mission? One key element described by strategy gurus and thinkers is to set clear, well-defined values. Now, values are often described as beliefs in action that drive behaviour. Used properly, organisational values set the tone of how people should act, think and behave at work. No matter what happens, no matter how tough or easy the work ahead, clear values will guide everything that you and your team stand for, what you do and how you do it. Sounds easy, right? Well, yes and no. Whether you publish them or not, we all have personal values. We all live by a moral code that defines who we are. That code is usually influenced by our parents and family background, our schooling and where we live. It can be driven by faith. It can be driven by wealth or poverty and by gender, culture or race. All of those influences help us to decide what is and what isn't important in our own grand scheme. And while we probably share some commonality with our family, friends and neighbours, We all have our own unique way of looking at the world and deciding what does and what doesn't count. And it's no different at work. If you bring any team of people together, they'll probably have some things in common and they'll definitely have some differences. Teams that gel are able to put those differences aside and work together for the common good. That's more achievable if the team members are aware of the beliefs and assumptions that the company rightly expects everyone on the team to uphold. Setting behavioural standards is justifiable because it's fair to expect staff to act reasonably and uphold the company values while they're at work. As I said in last week's show, writing strategy is a tough gig and many companies engage consultants to help them define their vision, mission and values. Strategic facilitation is a challenging process and it really does require specialist knowledge and skills. Done properly, clear value statements will provide a compass for everyone on the team, so it does make sense to bring in the right people to help. But if you want to have a go yourself, there are literally thousands of pages on Google that will describe how to do it. I'll keep it simple. For me, there are four key principles. The first is to involve the staff. 
If you're planning to define your organisational values, do it with your team, not to them. That way, they're more likely to engage. If you've already set your values, explain them to your new recruits and remind existing teammates what those values mean and why they are important. The second is to be concise, both in the values you choose and how you express them. Four or five values is enough, any more than that and things get too complicated. But you should use short phrases that people will remember. Nobody has time to read lengthy paragraphs, and they certainly won't remember them. The third element is to share your values. Glossy flyers and frame posters on the wall aren't enough. You need to bring these to life. Talk about them and make sure they drive what you do. Values are beliefs in action. That means everyone from the CEO to the most junior member of the team has to talk and walk them. And finally, encourage your people to make decisions based on those values. Empower them to do the right thing. Do that often enough and it will become a normal part of their regular routine. And that will create a paradigm which is essentially the way things are around here. But once your company has set its values, how do managers and employers actually make sure that everyone on the team is on the same page? As the manager of Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson used his personality, his reputation and his infamous hairdryer technique to make sure everyone fell into line. In the high-pressure cauldron of professional sport and needing to get the best from footballers earning hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pounds each year, I'm sure that Sir Alex could justify a bit of screaming and shouting, and his approach certainly achieved results. But try shouting at people earning $20 an hour for driving a pump truck and they'll probably walk out. And if they get a union involved, you'll probably find yourself in front of an industrial tribunal. In next week's show, I'll be joined by Tannis and David Jamar, the owners of Jabar Construction Services in Texas. When I spoke to Tannis and David last week, they discussed how their values and faith helped them to bring their team together to achieve the best results for their business, their staff and their customers. They described their journey in business over the past 12 years and they kindly agreed to let me share the audio from a promotional video that Jabar released last month. As CEO of Jabar, I wanted to share a message of hope and commitment to all of our current and future clients. Since 2008, Jabar has strived to live up to our motto. Simply put, we want to raise the standard by setting the bar for service and value in our industry by providing a line of services to allow you to make one call and get it all. As Jabar continues to grow as a company and expand in the San Antonio market, we wanted to remind you that we offer a full line of construction site rentals with turnaround times on delivery and pickup requests unmatched by any of our competitors. As a family-owned business, we're aware that our success directly depends on providing excellent service, not only on the phone, but in the field. If you speak with any of our customers, they'll tell you that our customer service is what sets us apart from our competitors. We offer portable sanitary restrooms, luxury trailers, roll-off dumpsters, material hauling, and crane services. JBAR operates all aspects of our business through a set of core values. Servanthood, excellence in the ordinary, self-employed mentality, overcomer, honest communication, and family. For the past 13 years, JBAR has made cleanliness and hygiene the core of our sanitary restroom service. In 2020, when the world became acutely aware of whether or not things were truly sanitized, JBAR was already ahead of the curve. Because we've been providing a thorough cleaning using hospital grade disinfectant for years. If you're looking for a way to take sanitation to the next level, 
Increasing the frequency of your services to twice a week or more is a great way to ensure that people on your job sites are being provided the most sanitary environment possible. As we look forward to the rest of 2021 and beyond, we at JVAR want you to know that we are welcoming special events back with open arms. Concerts, festivals, outdoor weddings, any size event at any location, JBAR is ready to roll. When COVID began, we operated under the slogan, ain't nothing gonna break our stride. We have lived up to this slogan by staying open and providing services every day as an essential business. In fact, we were providing emergency services following the recent winter storm that Texas experienced. As a faith-based company, our mission has always been to serve our employees customers, and the community by living out the example that Jesus set for us when he washed the feet of those around him. JBAR pledges to our clients that we will not only continue to be a market leader, but an innovator in the sanitation business. Give us a call and let us show you how it feels when affordability meets excellence in customer service. Thank you for your time and most importantly, thank you for your business. We'll hear more from David and Tannis in next week's episode, and I know that you'll really enjoy the insights they shared. If you've been listening to this episode wondering whether your organisation is driven by values, try this. Imagine that a new driver is joining your team. For the first two weeks, they'll ride along with a different member of staff every day to learn new routes and see how things are done. At the end of the two weeks, will the new staffer tell you that they saw consistent behaviour driven by common values, procedures and systems, regardless of who they work with each day? Or will they say they've seen 10 different people operate in 10 different ways? In the first few episodes of this season, I spoke about an app that I use to inspect toilets. And over the past few weeks, I've received a number of messages and emails from people wanting to know more. Rather than talk through the app every time I get a new inquiry, I've produced a short video that explains how the app works and shows how it's typically used. I've shared that video on my Facebook page and Instagram, and I've put a link to it in the notes for this week's episode. If you'd like to discuss more, get in touch through social media or email, or join me in the sanitation conversation on Clubhouse. Before I end today, I'd like to remind everyone that on Sunday the 30th of May at 6pm Eastern Standard Time, I'll be broadcasting live as part of the Podcasters Collective on Facebook. It's a free event and open to anyone who wants to watch, and again, I'll post links and reminders before that event begins. Okay, that's it for today. Please remember to tell everyone about the show and visit our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash getflushed to secure early access to every episode and bonus material that's not available elsewhere. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed.